T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. A year ago, we were breathing a sigh of relief that we'd made it through 2020, the year of COVID and the chaotic and bitter national elections, and the relief lasted six days. 2021's been quite a year, and we're going to take a look back. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. It is time again for our year-end roundtable, Friends and Family Edition. Back as he has been from the start is Mark Grody, program host, reporter, and utility infielder for our sister station, WSCR 670 The Score and sideline reporter and valued member of WBBM News Radio's Chicago Bears broadcasts. And uh, joining us for the first time is my friend and colleague, A.D. Quigg, political reporter for Crane Chicago Business, and she's got her own podcast now, ADQ&A. I see what you did there. <laughs> Thanks to both of you for joining me. And I guess, can we agree that the coronavirus snaked its way into just about every story we tried to cover for the past 12 months or so? I mean, even, you know, is, is that, has that been overshadowing everything we've done? Mark, AD. Yeah, yes. I believe uh, I believe it has. It's it's a uh, you know we it we were starting to make some progress, and then it feels like we have completely backtracked. And just when you you know, as somebody who covers sports as I do, you know, we sort of turned our heads the other way in terms of of COVID-19 for a while, just because sports stopped and that was devastating and ain't no way sports is going to stop again. But guess what? Sports has kind of been stopping again, uh, little by little, because so many players have come down with COVID-19. So it's something that we in our heads just want to make go away, like magically disappear, but it simply has not. And yes, it, it affects everything we do. And just as much as from day one, it feels like. You know, let me, I want to ask a question about that, though, is, is the way it is affecting sports because it's just so pervasive? Or is it that the players and frankly, even some of the managers haven't been taking it seriously enough to realize how vulnerable they were? From my experiences, the, you know, the team that I cover, the Chicago Bears, they organizationally, 
they have taken it very seriously in terms of what they have laid out. Now, not every single player, Craig, has has been vaccinated. So there are individuals who have made individual decisions, you know, whether or not it's because they're not taking it seriously or because they have read some information about the the vaccines that have scared them off or for whatever reasons they they might have you know not be having the vaccine you know the players have their individual reasons for it um i do think that there is a human nature that probably occurs with with sports teams as it probably does with all human beings that once you've had a monicum of success in warding it off you probably do start to get a little bit more casual and i think you know that that players have been maybe allowed to be that way or everybody involved. And just when that starts, then we start to see the, the spike in numbers as well. So I think organizationally, they have done the, the right things. It's just the individuals who don't always do the right things. Mm-hmm. And uh, AD, I, uh, and, and we are going to talk more about sports because this has actually been a year to talk about sports, uh, <laughs> amazingly. Uh, but uh, AD, you cover not only politics, but also business. Uh, and I'm thinking this was inescapable for any, all of this. Absolutely. I remember this time last year writing... Um, perhaps unwisely, some kind of like preview story of what the year ahead would look like now that we had a vaccine or now that a vaccine was on the horizon. And little did any of us know what kind of a roller coaster we would be on to this weekend, things feeling like they're repeating themselves again, where we're hearing about cruise ship outbreaks of COVID. And that was like one of the first key terrible things we heard, like entire infected ships having to be quarantined. It feels like we're kind of just back at school one. But yeah, I, I'm still thinking about stories about restaurants having to close because either staff are getting infected or the numbers are such in the city that they, they want to keep everyone safe. So they're like, it's better if we just stay closed. Um, and looking at the charts again, how steep the curve is, is just giving me flashbacks to this time last year. It's, it's not what I would have predicted knowing that we had a vaccine on the horizon. And we're still talking again about uh, mitigations is the word that uh, everyone likes to use because restrictions and shutdowns sound so bad. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but I travel, traveled this year to New York a couple of times, and New York is very different than Chicago. Uh, if you go into a restaurant in New York, you are asked to not only to show your vaccine card, which you are absolutely asked, but also your ID, because they want to make sure the name on the vaccine card and your name are the same, so you're not using somebody else's vaccine card. Uh, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. And everywhere on the street, downtown Manhattan, you can get a, a COVID test on every block. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son, who traveled with us in th- that Thanksgiving, didn't believe me. And so while we were walking through downtown, I went, okay, that's the one for this block. And then we were across the street and it goes, that's the one for this block. And it really was that, that bad. It's, it's a different atmosphere. People wear their masks outdoors. I mean, that's how I was there this, I was there this past summer after I was taking a trip that had gotten delayed because of COVID and things were starting to ease up. And I remember thinking New York is so different, not only for reasons like that, but because they did outdoor dining so fantastically um, they had like 
very fancy structures with like chandeliers, wallpaper, nice seating. I was like, New York, I, it's much more dense than Chicago, obviously, but like they figured it out in certain ways that we have not. Yeah, and there are, there are you know, it, it, yeah, New York, obviously, in terms of testing, doing better. You know, there, I, I actually walked past a, a pop-up COVID testing facility in Chicago. I can't remember Streeterville or, or River North, but they, they are starting to pop up in Chicago. But yeah, it, as well as we've done at times, we do have a long way to go. And I will, I will just add this to the New York thing. I'm a, I am a huge Saturday Night Live fan. And I watched the, 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 a recent show. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but they sent all the audience home. Uh, as I don't know if they even got in or not, but they in New York City, live from New York, sent everybody home and had only like three cast members and did the whole thing. So it was it was symbolic of what New York is doing, but also symbolic of, oh, no, we're back where we were, you know, a year ago when none of these shows had live audiences. Yes. And we we saw a live show uh, Thanksgiving week and now that show is among the shows that are that are closed so but saying that uh, and and also i should point out that uh new york they're saying that they don't have enough testing places so that shows you how bad things are getting there uh but mayor lightfoot has been saying at some point she's you know the that we we have to talk about things here and may have to keep talking about them so that just shows you where we are. But here's the other thing. People who don't believe in this pandemic, people who are, are, are saying this is all a farce also become news stories in one way or another. So even they can't escape the news. Uh, either they're the subjects or they're, they're, they're the consumers of it. I mean, you know, I find it mind boggling that there are more than 800,000 deaths across the country so far. And we were marveling at the time when we crossed half a million. And now we're, we got, we got to start thinking about, will we hit a million? So I think, yeah, this is just a magnitude. We haven't, but it, it does. The other thing that we haven't gotten over, I think, is January 6th. The, the, the insurrection, the, the march on the Capitol that turned into uh, an occupation of the Capitol uh, and how that stays with us. And AD, I mean, we, we have repercussions here in Illinois, but it's, it's also, you know, again, a news story that doesn't go away. Yeah, I've been, um, I don't know if bemused is the right word, but kind of uh, surprised and heartened, I suppose, that Congress is still paying attention to this, investigating that the justice system is still doling out um, sentences for the people involved in this thing. And it's of course still having political repercussions for people like Adam Kinzinger, who has essentially been um, banned from the party in a certain sense. He, he opted not to run again for Congress because he felt like he didn't have a place in the party anymore. And that the house had become so toxic that it was a place that he didn't think he could be effective anymore. Um, it's a similar story with Liz Cheney. Um, and I don't know if we, I spoke to him a few weeks ago and he said, I don't think we have fully as a country, I thought we would have done some more reckoning with what, what the consequences of that meant. But instead we're seeing um, other states where parties are trying to empower people uh, 
to basically undo the results of future elections or empower state legislatures to decide the outcome of that state's election despite what the voters say. Um, I, I too kind of hoped that we would have a, a bigger reckoning, but we have not. Well, and you know, getting to the bottom of something like the, the January 6th insurrection almost seems like an impossible task because it is it is a hundred percent political with you know you had you know Mark Meadows starting to say some stuff and then he just zipped it and, and that was it wasn't going to say anything else but some of the stuff that that has has come out and I think the most jarring was uh, Donald Trump Jr. you know trying to get a hold of his father to say you got to say something so somebody needs to say something um, and I found that to be particularly um, jarring with with everything that has gone down. But I don't know how you guys feel, but it just feels like getting to the exact bottom of this and, and learning culpability and all that almost seems like an impossible task. There's going to be reports and stories here, but everybody's going to spin it their own way. So I, I don't know that we're going to get anything out of the investigation that is going on right now. And that's too bad, just considering what a what a tragic scene January 6th was. You know, I think that we probably will get the facts of what happened. The, the, the problem, I think, is that people won't believe them. I think, I mean, you, you said it, people will spin it the way they want to, yeah. but we will get all the facts and then people will either say, nope, didn't happen, or, uh, you know, yes, it proves it, but we'll be right back where we were. Um, uh, one other thing that I wonder about is, or, or maybe I'm troubled about, is that it's the general tone of the, polit the political debate, the, the, the moral debate, is that now when we are talking to people who don't think like us, the language is not, we disagree, let's try and work this out. It's now you're evil and must be destroyed. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the language. I mean, you will, the headlines will say such and such obliterated such and such in an argument. It, you can't be that we had, a, we had a discussion and we disagreed. It has to be that we destroyed the people who are against us. And that's a type of politics that I guess we've been building toward. But is that the type of politics that we're, we're stuck with? You know, well, I think it's amazing too. Like, I'll use uh, I'll use Bob Dole as as my cue here, who recently passed away. And I think some sometimes, like, I think even Democrats probably looked at Bob Dole and look at him now and look at him as like, oh my God, would it be great to have that guy as an opponent right now? Because the line that rung to me was, "He, the, these are these are not these are my opponents. They're not my enemies." And right now. You have two sides that look at each other as pure evil and look at each other as somebody that they're going up against, uh, not just as an opponent, but somebody to beat and embarrass and just completely pin. That's that's the world we live in right now. Yeah, that, that, I, mean, Craig, I wonder if you if you've experienced this. Um, I've I've grown up always as a reporter with access to social media and the ability for readers to respond immediately to the kinds of things we're posting. Um, I the past three years in particular have been uh, 
very vitriolic on social media. I got, um, I did an interview with state's attorney Kim Fox a few weeks ago on, on the podcast and my inbox and my cell phone were just flooded with messages calling me a POS because of the way I conducted that interview. Um, I actually did pick up the, pick up my cell phone when someone called to complain about it and tried to calm them down and say, what, what kinds of questions do you wish that I would have asked her instead of just immediately calling me yeah. a jerk in not so kind terms. I, Craig, I'm wondering what it's been like for you when you have certain politicians on your show and the kinds of feedback you get. Um, for, I, I mean, I try to be balanced uh, and and I, be, I truly believe that people should be able to get their points out. Uh, but, you know, there are times when I've had to challenge people. Um, I, and I use, uh, I use Jeannie Ives as an example because frank, frankly, we've had some really good interviews. In one of the interviews that we had, uh, she made a statement that said, that basically she said, children are immune to the coronavirus. And I said, I'm sorry, I have to stop you. I can't let a statement that children are immune to the virus stand because they're not immune and we've had children die. And so I said, we have to put that out there. And she said, okay, I'll, I will give you that. And, you know, and basically the interview went on and it was fine. I got, we got, the, the station got complaints that I attacked her. Now, like I said, I, I get along fine with Jeannie Ives and the conversation ended on a, on a very pleasant note, um, but people were upset. Uh, and you know what, the, it, it is the technology. It is the technology that allows us this instantaneous outrage because back in the days, in fact, a long time ago on this program, we interviewed a politician who was a Republican who was, uh, and he was, he had been defeated, frankly, at the polls by the, uh, the Tea Party part of his party and was leaving. And we asked, what did you think is, ha has happened to Congress and the atmosphere, the political atmosphere? And He's been around for a long, long time. And he said, jet travel. And I said, what do you mean? And, <laughs> and, and, and as did the other reporter who was in, in, in the room with me. And he said, back before easy jet travel, we had to stay in Washington. And we lived and, and saw each other every day. He said, you cannot hate the person who goes to school, whose children go to school with your children, who live in the same neighborhood you live in, where you go to dinner. You, they were our only friends and family. So you have to treat them like human beings. And he said, once we could go home to our own echo chambers and only hear from people who felt, you know, as the people in our hometown did, then now we can solidify our positions and stiffen our backs. And he said, wow. we, so, you know, he, I think he was right. I think he was right. And it's, it's a shame. I've thought a lot about that in the context of uh, governing over Zoom. We have had um, meetings for more than a year now at the Chicago City Council and in the legislature in Springfield only over Zoom. And Craig, you and I are used to watching Alderman being able to go back and forth and say, hey, here's what this ordinance is about. I'd appreciate your support. Or if someone has a question or 
or wants to push back on something, their colleague can walk right up to them at their desk and say, "That's it's not what you think. It's it, it's X, Y, or Z. You don't need to be concerned about this. And if you do, I'm going to pull someone over from the mayor's office to clarify this for you. Instead, we have Zoom where everyone is talking over each other. We had so many disagreements um, during council meetings over who was raising their hand. We just didn't have people together negotiating, getting stuff done. I think that led to a lot more, a lot more tension. Indeed. You are listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. It's our year-end roundtable. I'm Craig Delamore. Joining me are Mark Grody of WBBM and our sister station, WSCR, The Score, and A.D. Quigg of Crane Chicago Business. Mark, I do want to uh, turn to sports a little bit. Um, and you, you know I'm not the world's biggest sports fan, but I am one of those Fairweather fans. Uh, and I'm not sure I saw a whole lot of Fairweather this, <laughs> this year. <laughs> <laughs> But, hey, yeah, uh, you, you guys were talking about dealing with social media stuff. Oh, come to my world sometime and put up a positive tweet about Andy Dalton and the Bears and you get crushed. So <laughs> trust me. Yeah, but let's talk about let's talk about the Bears. Yes, they are having a not good year, but there are flashes there, are there not? Well, I think the flash, Craig, that everybody is watching for and seeing at times is Justin Fields, their quarterback, the quarterback that they drafted uh, 11th overall, the quarterback who did not start this season uh, because they went with Andy Dalton, whom I just mentioned. So, and, and it has been very up and down for, for Justin Fields, probably more down, quite frankly, than ups at this point. But he, he does represent hope in a big way for the Bears. This season has mostly been about him. And, you know, so, so there is that the results on the field aren't there, but the future might be in place. The other things with the bears two guys are that, that they have changed in the air, may perhaps dramatic change in the front office and with their head coach, Matt Nagy, there are all sorts of things, rumors, swirling reports um, out there on the potential of, of those guys maybe being out or a rearrangement of the front office. So big things are coming from the bears. And then the third thing too, that, that I would say on the bears too, is that we've had this Arlington park uh, revelation <laughs> this year and you know, the potential new stadium that looks like it's going to be a new stadium in the future for the bears in the Western suburbs. And that, uh, that, does that has more economic, I think, uh, consequences than he, even sports consequences for the city and for the Bears. Uh, so it's it's, and you know we've had this. Ar even Arlington Heights has been mentioned before. This is not a new threat, but it seems more realistic than it did prior to this. This um, one doesn't feel like a bluff, guys. That, that's what I think the difference is. And they have not, you know, quote unquote, played ball with the mayor at this point. And she is, you know, Mayor Lightfoot has tried to in her best way to keep, you know, the idea of keeping Soldier Field and keeping the Bears in the city proper. She is for it. We've seen some aldermen step forward and actually come on the radio with ideas to keep the Bears in the city proper. But it, it, you're right. To, to your point, Craig, it feels like this time it's for real, even though you're right. It maybe three or four times in the past, it has been uttered about the Bears moving potentially to the suburbs. And uh, quickly, tell, tell me how much hope we should have for the Bulls and the Blackhawks and professional soccer. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting for professional soccer to take off. Yeah, hey, hey, there's that. And let's let's give a shout out to the the Chicago Sky who won a WNBA title this year. Yes. Um, I'll give you the quick thumbnail on all the organizations. You know, the Blackhawks have been a mess this year. They had the 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 Kyle Beach sexual abuse scandal um, centering on the video coach Brad Aldridge from 2010. So the GM, because of that, Stan Bowman was fired. The former Blackhawks coach, then Florida coach, Joel Quinville got canned and then completely disassociated from that scandal. The head coach of the Blackhawks, Jeremy Colleton, was fired. So that's the Blackhawks. The Bulls, hey, they're good again. They're good again. That's all I'll say about the Bulls. They've got new direction. They're good again. Um, the, the White Sox, hey, they won a division title this year. Tony La Russa was their manager, the ageless one. Uh, and they, they went out badly at the end. And then the Cubs, lastly, um, you know, that their big thing this year was they did something unbelievably unprecedented for them. They traded some of the, their best players and some of their best players ever in the organization. If you believe that the best players won the World Series, which they did, they traded Rizzo, Baez and Bryant, which was, again, I'll use the word uh, one more time. And then that'll be it. Jarring that they <laughs> they traded all those guys. <laughs> Well, now let's uh, let's move on to some other things. Ad, if you had to pick uh, a story or two that uh, that was either your you, you thought was the the biggest thing you had to cover, or the uh, or the most fascinating thing you had to cover, what would it be? I mean, COVID covering everything obviously uh, was huge. There was just a tinge to everything. Um, every kind of knock-on story that I wrote about the economy. I, I wrote a story a while ago about why you can't get a ride in Chicago. The answer was COVID. Almost every time is something different, the answer is COVID. Uh, so definitely COVID, but the other thing that I'm gearing up for that we're just starting to get indications of is the impact that big money is gonna have on the gubernatorial race next year. Um, oh yeah. Griffin Watch 2022, as I'm putting it. Um, Ken Griffin, how much money he's going to put in what candidate he's going to back, whether he can do it without looking like a puppet master, and what role the state Republican Party is going to play in helping select this uh, this chosen one for the party, I guess. So I'll be looking at how expensive this race is going to be. The last one was already the most expensive in state history. And I'm, I'm curious what the public thinks about this. Are we okay with, with billionaires deciding uh, the, the fate of our state? Yeah, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I think from from my perspective, in terms of what I've covered this year, that has been most fascinating happened rather recently. There, there had been, as I indicated, you know, Matt Nagy is in hot water in terms of his the head coach of the Bears in terms of his potential future, and there had been a report before Thanksgiving uh, from from Mark Conkle, who actually was on this show one time, yes. you know, a, a credible reporter now works for another suburban outlet and the name of it is, is escaping the me at the, the moment patch. the patch that's it yeah yeah the patch you know it, it, a credible guy a pulitzer prize winning guy a pulitzer prize winning guy so <laughs> with, there's this report that pops up that matt Nagy, the head coach of the bears would be fired after thanksgiving and you know matt Nagy, we we, we we see the story that day and I see it's Conkle and I know that he's a credible guy. So we're all following up on it. We're all in the dark about it. We all go to Hallis Hall. Matt Nagy says he doesn't know anything about it, that it isn't true. And then 24 hours later, the bears finally debunked the story and said, no, that's not true. 
he is not getting fired after the Thanksgiving Day game against Detroit, which had been the original report. So that was one of the the more wild days at uh, Hallis Hall. And then I guess the other thing too, really quickly, would just be covering Justin Fields and and draft day and the Bears moving up surprisingly to select this potential franchise quarterback in Justin Fields. It was a huge, huge deal. Um, we and all the one thing that fascinated me was that. Uh, we also have had a couple of other players on the Bears do incredible things, um, and maybe it's only once or twice, but it seems like there's some promise on that team. I mean, let's face it, we now have the record-setting punt return, for, and who would have thought this team would produce that? <laughs> yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. There have been moments. Uh, there's that. There's also... Robert Quinn, an outside linebacker for the Bears, who has, as we record this now, 14 sacks. The record in the franchise in a season is 17 and a half. So it is possible that he he breaks a record from the from the the 1985 Bears, which almost seems sacrilege to to break any of those records. And then you know Roquan Smith, their outstanding inside linebacker. You know he he's been a bit banged up, but he he potentially could earn you know, all pro at a minimum pro bowl honors at the end of this year. So there have been to your point, Craig, there have been bright spots, but unfortunately the fan base does not uh, lean on the bright spots. They lean on the record, which has not been good. Good point. Good point. Well, believe it or not, we are out of time and I have more stuff that I wanted to talk about, <laughs> but uh, I would like to thank Mark Grody from our Chicago Bears broadcast and WSCR The Score and A.D. Quigg of Cranes and her own podcast, A.D. Q&A. I have to make sure I That's get right. the title. Nailed it. Yeah, for, uh, for spending this time with us. To our listeners, if you want a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at WBBMNewsRadio.com. There is a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcast on Odyssey.com. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening until then. I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 WBBM. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.